Well, good morning. I've got a confession to make, and that is that um, I've been unable to write the sermon this week. Um, so it's a bit more like the third service, where I might come up with uh, some verses and start talking about them. So I hope it, it won't ramble too much. And the reason is that I've been numb. I have been writing the sermon. I wrote some notes this morning. That doesn't mean I wrote the sermon this morning. But just mulling, what can we say? What can we say in this week? Um, so I'm praying for, and you should pray for, inspiration um, rather than perspiration, as they say, when it comes to the sermon. And just a reminder, as we've had over these, these previous weeks, that there is a judgment but don't get sucked into speculation that we're in the end times or anything like that. We don't know. Jesus himself said, I don't know when the time will be. But we should be ready. Jesus told us that. And we should look for the kingdom to come. In fact, that is our title for today. And we've just prayed it, haven't we? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. It's not a bad prayer, is it? No, it's all right, they say. So our reading today, I think, is, is kind of in four acts. And we had the first one last week. It was the prologue, or I've said prelude on the slide, um, but that's in music, I think, isn't it? So... Uh, it's a bit of a prologue. When um, Mike shared with us, Mike Royal shared with us last week, um, Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, bless his cotton socks, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And we're told that on this rock, and Mike's interpretation of that is that the rock is the knowledge of Jesus' sonship. On that rock, I will build my church. So do we believe that church, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God? And the reason I've sort of struggled a little bit in joining from that into the reading man today, which, is, which frankly could be about seven sermons, it's so quotable, the number of verses that we have for this week is if you read the blog this week, um, you'll know. If you haven't, do. It doesn't take long. Um, because it really describes a, a, num, a, a litany of the things which are in the news. And it just feels so dark. You know, almost, let's not watch the news because it just seems to get worse. And getting darker... Um, and so the, what the blog talks about is John 1 where we're told that Jesus is the light of the world and he comes and the, the darkness will not overcome the light the darkness will not overcome the light whatever darkness we might feel or see so what are some of those stories? We've just got a slide with there's all sorts of things we could put on here. Here's just a selection. And let's start with what might seem a fairly trite one. We will come on to Israel, don't worry. 
right in the middle, in Ayrshire. Bizarrely, somebody is dressing up as a clown and walking around the town. I don't know exactly where it is. And frightening children in the lead up to Halloween. Let me tell you, that is not of the kingdom. We have all sorts of shenanigans going on in the church, and I won't go into that now. But the disunity and the splits and the things that are being said are not of the kingdom. We know that um, two and a half weeks ago, a 15-year-old lost their life on their way to school through knife crime. That is not of the kingdom. Serbia and Kosovo are the retentions on the border. That was the news when I put the slide together. I haven't heard any more since. Hopefully the peacemakers have been making peace. Now, Serbia is a Christian Orthodox country. Kosovo emerged out of the the war of 30 years ago, and it is ethnically Albanian and largely Muslim. It is not recognized by Serbia, even though it is by a number of other countries, including the UN. Those tensions and any potential conflict is not of the kingdom. There was an earthquake in Afghanistan. Thousands of people lost their lives. Many more have lost their their homes. And there have been several others recently, haven't there? All across that kind of Mediterranean plain. You've got Iraq and Syria. You've got Morocco. Floods in Libya. Now these are natural disasters. But the kingdom that will come, the kingdom that we're going to, That is not of the kingdom. Because we're told there will be no more death, there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. So it's not of human making, but that is not of the kingdom. And that leads me to Israel. Gaza is a piece of land which is about 30 miles by 5 miles. Somebody said it's about the same size as the Isle of Wight. 2.3 million people live there. Palestine was a name which was given by the Romans to what was previously Judea um, as as a a mocking of the local population. It has, in in more modern times, been adopted as being uh, to describe the land which is claimed by the Arab Muslim population. Anything that I say now is going to be a simplification, so I'm very open to correction at the end. But this is just to state some of the facts. In 1948, the state of Israel was uh, created and recognized, Um, and there is a state of Palestine, which was Gaza and the West Bank, two uh, separate areas which are separately governed, um, and they are not recognized and certainly not recognized by Israel. In 1967, there was a six-day war which established new boundaries. And in 1973, which was 50 years ago, almost to the day, was the Yom Kippur War. And what's said of the Yom Kippur War was that Israel didn't see it coming. And what's said of the events of 10 days ago, whatever it is now, was that Israel did not see it coming. 
Hamas is the organization that has, was established with a charter to destroy Israel and to kill all Jews. They are therefore reckoned by almost every nation around the world as a terrorist organization, interestingly not by the UN. They are also the elected uh, government of Gaza. Israel controls six of the seven border points into or out of Gaza. And they also control all of the utilities, the water, the electricity, the gas, all of the things that sustain modern life. Now, what happened, as I'm sure you know, is that a number, it was said at the time, 5,000 Hamas fighters went over the border into Israel. There were some military targets, but mostly they were looking for whichever Israeli citizens they could find to uh, murder, torture, and worse. Israel has therefore, as a result, hit back, and as we speak, has started a, uh, a land, air, and sea campaign against Hamas, who are in 150 square miles with 2.3 million people. Those are the facts. Meanwhile, war continues in Ukraine. Let's not forget that. We prayed into that for nearly two years now. The darkness can look like it's just getting darker. So, to our reading. Jesus has asked, who do you say that I am? We've had that proclamation. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus says that on this rock the church will be built. And he then goes to tell the disciples that he must suffer and he must die. Peter denies what Jesus is saying. He said, you're the Messiah. You are God's Son. In effect, you are perfect. And the next words out of Jesus' mouth, Peter says, yeah, not that. He denies it. And Jesus' response is quite, um, quite interesting. We have the next slide, please, Lucy. Jesus' response is quite interesting, a bit shocking in a way, because he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, I've never held to the belief that Jesus is telling Peter that he is Satan. But the, what he's saying is, is a lie. It's, what he's saying is being deceived. And so he's saying, get behind me. Satan is not to the forefront. Satan is well behind Jesus because he is the Lord. He is sovereign. And then he says in verse 23, you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Now, how many of the things that I've just described, the natural disasters aside, but even some of the planning for some of those might have caused more of the death, some might say. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. How many of these things are concerns of God? And how many of these are purely human concerns? 
And what we're seeking today is a way to pray into the darkness, to bring light into that darkness. And the only way to do that is to look at the light of the world. And the light of the world is Jesus. So what that means, do not have in mind the concerns, uh, sorry, don't have merely human concerns, is don't ignore God. Don't deny God. And don't use God to justify our own wants. Can you recognize any of those? Particularly the last one. So Act 2, what happens next is Jesus turns from Peter, having had this conversation with him about where he's come from, and he turns to the disciples. And in verse 25, he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Very famous phrase. We may have quoted it ourselves. And actually, it doesn't mean what we might think it means. Because a phrase that we use is, oh, everyone's got a cross to bear. Have you ever used that or heard that used? It's not what it means. That would be more akin to Paul having a thorn in his flesh. It was his thing that he had to live with and had to struggle with and to suffer with. Now, where do we see Jesus take up his cross? Well, it's Good Friday, minutes or hours before he dies on that cross. So this isn't just something that we carry. This is talking about dying and following him. Dying to ourselves. Dying to those human wants. Dying to those merely human concerns. And following him as a disciple who will only have in mind the concerns of God. So what are our motivations? What are the motivations for those whom we're praying for and over? And Jesus says the rewards will come when the Son of Man comes with angels. He's referring again to his coming again, when he will make all things new and all things perfect and will judge. And you don't need to look very far in the, in the Psalms or whatever to see that the wicked don't come off really well. It's not good for the wicked. Don't be on that side, be on this side. And what is it God says in the Old Testament? Vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. And then we have the third act, which could be a sermon all on itself, which is the transfiguration. And so, uh, the next slide, that's right. Um, there he was, transfigured before them, in verse 2. And I really like the, the commentary I looked at because it said, we don't really know what that means. <laughs> Which means I don't need to explain it. <laughs> but what we do know is that in that whiteness, in that brightness, in that, that picture that we have of Jesus between these two Old Testament characters that tell the whole of the Bible story, he gives a glimpse of what is to come. 
a glimpse of his second coming. The kingdom is breaking in. It breaks in with his very birth. But there's something more about what these disciples were shown. It is what the kingdom is. We've said what the kingdom isn't. It is what the kingdom is. And it centers on Jesus. He is the saviour of the world. Can we just say that? Jesus is the saviour of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And the darkness will not overcome it. And then we, we see this picture and then we hear this voice, all senses involved. And the voice says, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We've heard that once before. And that was at Jesus' baptism. The start of his ministry. He's baptized even though he has no sin. Didn't need to be cleansed. Didn't need to repent. Didn't need to turn around. And yet he associates with us through his baptism. But this time the Lord, uh, Lord Father says something else. Listen to him. Listen to him. So the saviour of the world, the light of the world, and our guide. So amongst all these things which are not of the kingdom, Jesus brings comfort to those who mourn and weep and have loss and pain and frustration and anger Jesus can heal and comfort now. But he does more than that because he changes the world. The world we are due to go to, the kingdom when it fully comes, will have none of these things which are not of the kingdom. It can't do because it's the kingdom. Jesus is our guide. So here are three things to think about. about following Jesus. In marriage, let no one rend asunder, said Jesus. In conflict, bless your enemies. How many times are we supposed to forgive? Which means as many as it takes. Hard as that might be. And in faith, come to him like little children completely dependent on the one who has all the answers. So how do we pray? Helplessly. I mean that about our own words. We can only trust in the power and the sovereignty of Jesus who is the saviour of the world who is the light of the world. And we can recognise on both sides of this terrible conflict, which is just unfolding, that there will be frustration, there will be anger, there will be loss, there will be mourning, there will be pain. But the kingdom looks like peace.
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Matthew's gospel. We thank you for this whole story unfolding as we see just a glimpse of the kingdom to come. And it pains us how much that is not of the kingdom that we see around us. And we can sometimes feel just helpless when it comes to praying and to know how to deal with these. Lord, help us to have in mind the concerns of God and put aside merely human concerns. And offer our prayers in the knowledge that your Son is the Saviour of the world, the light of the world, and the darkness will never overcome that light. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.